Uh, guys, this is High Point Church. And surprise, it's Easter Sunday. Can anybody raise their hand, possibly if you saw signs out front this entire week or the banners out front? Anybody see the, the, the signs? We've had some signs at the lumber yard that were out for Easter. If you by chance came because of that, uh, welcome. If you came because somebody invited you, welcome. We're just so pumped that you are here. The reason we are planning this church is to glorify God, but it's also to open our doors to this city. That God would do something extraordinary in your life, in your family, and in our church, and outside these four walls. And so for you to be here this morning and giving us your Easter Sunday, we're really, we're, we're privileged. So thank you. Uh, thanks for being here. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to jump right in. Matthew 16, 21. Matthew is the first book in the New Testament. And... It was written to the Jewish community to help prove and, and solidify that Jesus was, in fact, who he said he was. And we're jumping in, no surprise, it's Easter Sunday, sometimes called Resurrection Sunday, and so we're jumping in with things like the crucifixion, the tomb, and Jesus rising from the dead on the third day. Matthew 16, 21, it says this. From that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. Jesus was saying that about himself. On the third day, I'm going to be raised to life. In Matthew 28, we see the events actually happening. After the Sabbath at dawn, this is verse 1, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning. I love that. His clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen, just as he said. Jesus prophesied it that he would die and raise again on the third day. People didn't quite get it. His closest followers didn't quite get it. But make no mistake about it, he died on the cross over 2,000 years ago. He did it for you. He did it for me. He did it for all of humanity. And then he rose again from the grave three days later. A lot can happen in three days. Let me say that again. A lot can happen in three days. Just three. And the entire structure of the world was completely reoriented. And it happened in three measly, tiny days. 
It was the thing that struck me preparing for the message this Easter. What, what was just the simplicity of it. In three days, the world changed. Everything that people knew about God was about to change. Sin about to change. Forgiveness about to change. The Holy Spirit about to change. Power about to change. Everything in three days. A lot can happen in three days. Now, if you come to my house, you can, a lot more can happen in less than three days. I've got four kids. And if you're a parent here, you know exactly what I'm about to say. Because it never ceases to amaze you that you can turn your head for one second and a disaster happens. And someone is screaming and running around. Or there's like 14 bowls of Cheerios that just magically ended up on the floor. How? How? How does this happen? That, those are literally words that happen probably once a week out of my mouth. I will look at one of my children and I will say, how? How did you do that? I literally walked away for a second. And this took place? I mean, that is skill, son. You are gifted. <laughs> To make a mess. It's unbelievable. When I was in high school and I had just turned 16 years old. My mother's here and she can verify this story today. I almost didn't share this story for the very reason that my mother was here today. I had a 1987 Camaro. It was my first car. It was a pretty sweet ride for a 16 year old. And... On this particular day, this nice Camaro was parked in the garage. And a little fun fact about my family, my dad had, I mean, it was like a spiritual gift to make a garage look like a bomb had gone off. Some of you in here know that you have that same gift as well, to just make a garage look horrendous. It's just filled with stuff. And so my, to get the car in the garage, you had to be all kind of angled, you know, or, or kind of just parked a little bit funny because there were just things. There were, there were saws and blades and, and guns and weapons and hunting stuff. And there just was stuff everywhere. And so my car happened to be in the garage and his car, his truck was in the driveway. And he had just gotten this, I don't know if anybody remembers, a sweet fade put into the side of his truck. It was like 1994 now, yeah, it was like 94, 95, something like that. And it had this like purplish, reddish fade. I mean, it would just be terrible to have today now on your car. But at the time, it was sweet. <laughs> and he just got this thing done. <laughs> I go out to the garage because I need to, well, I need to get my car out of the garage. And so I begin, you know, I got the stick shift. I'm backing it out. And, and again, I'm 16. Okay, there are things that a 16-year-old just hasn't developed, like common sense. <laughs> that's that kind of is, that's missing many times. And things like maneuvering, you know, the, the stick shift and the angles reverse and all that stuff, I wasn't too skilled at that yet. And so I'm, I'm trying to back out and I'm getting closer to the truck. And I'm getting closer to the truck and I'm, you know, forward, reverse, forward, reverse. I'm just like this, trying to get the angle right, and I can't get it. And finally, metal hits metal. 
And because I was really intelligent, <laughs> rather than stopping or driving it forward, I just thought to myself, let's just keep on going. Let's keep, we got a good thing going here. Let's finish it. And so I literally just, the entire side of my dad's truck, I pulled the paint off of that freshly striped fade. True? Where's my mom at? True. True. <laughs> yes. I thought I was going to die a thousand deaths. The reason I'm sharing this, this silly little story, is that all of us know what it's like for bad things to happen in a record amount of time. I mean, we're talking it, uh, 10 seconds, and the paint was gone on my dad's truck, and I thought I was going to die. I thought my life was over, and that's kind of a, it, I can laugh about it now. In the moment, I was, I was bawling my eyes out. <laughs> Some of you know what it's like, though. To experience bad news or to experience something bad and it changed your life in seconds. Some of you have gotten the phone call. Some of you have met with the boss. Some of you have had the fight with the child or the argument with mom or the argument with dad. Some of you have gotten the grade on the test. And in seconds, it's like your, your world was just changing right before your eyes. And the reason that I'm taking this time to talk about bad news is because I actually now want to talk about good news. Because we, we talk a lot about the speed at which, at which your life changes when bad things happen. But very little do we talk about the speed at which your life can change when good things happen. And I want you to understand that the good news of Jesus Christ dying on the cross and being raised from the dead for your sins is tremendously good news. And it has the capacity to change your life and change your life right now. And it doesn't actually even have to wait three days. You don't have to wait three hours. You don't even have to wait three minutes. In the same 10 seconds that I ripped the paint off the side of the truck, your life can be changed forever by the power of Jesus Christ. That's the power of the gospel. If we want to chalk up bad news and its capacity to change your life, well, let me do the other side too. Because the good news and the power of Jesus is far greater and far more powerful than any bad news that might kind of wreck your day. You guys with me this morning? See, Easter reminds us that our failures are never final. With Jesus, your failures are never final. And man, do I need to be reminded of that time and time and time again. 
in preparing for Easter. You'll notice if you see my children, they all have new clothes on. Does anybody buy new clothes for Easter? Anybody do that still? Am I the only one? I see some hands in the back. I grew up where on Easter Sunday, you just had, you knew you were going to have new clothes to wear. And, and the tradition has carried through still with my own kids. This weekend, Amy and I went and got the new clothes for the kids. It's Easter Sunday. I've got a nice, pretty pastel pink shirt on. I see many men this morning wearing your strong and masculine pink shirt on Easter Sunday. You are strong, men. Yes. And my concern this, this morning going into the Easter message is that we would be so fixated on the newness that comes with the season of Easter. We, we think about new weather that's coming. We think of pictures of grass and bunny rabbits, and it's great and it's wonderful. We think of new clothes and new shirts, and we spend all of this time talking about new things because Easter, there's something about it that makes you think of new life. But if you're not careful, we'll simply adorn ourselves with things on the outside and actually walk away without tasting the new life on the inside. Easter has got to move beyond a new shirt or a new toy for your children. It must. It is the gospel message that you and your failures and your sin, it is not the final answer. There is hope because Jesus Christ has been raised from the dead. Victorious over sin and victorious over death. First Peter 1 Peter 1.3 says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. Why? Because in his great mercy for you and for me, he's given you new birth into a living hope. My paraphrase, he's got new life for you. He's got new life for you. And some of you need to hear it. Some of you have been carrying around Myself included. It's like the ball, you know, with the chain attached to it, where you just, we're just dragging that thing around. And Easter reminds us that you don't have to. That that thing can stay in the tomb because Jesus is victorious. I'm going to confess something to you all that some of you are going to have problems with, but there's a show on TV called The Walking Dead that I do occasionally like to watch. I'm just getting this out, okay? And I had this image of what so many of us do. We focus so much on the outside. And in many ways, it's like a zombie with Easter clothes on, just kind of going through the motions, 
you know, just kind of doing the moan. Uh, and, and we don't realize it. And as I'm cracking the joke, I want you to hear it. it it's very true. Many of us are living as if we are still tied to our sin and our shame and our regret and our pain and our mistakes and our bad decisions. And the hope of Easter is that your, your mistakes are not final. Your sin is not final. Your failures are never final. And so the resurrection story, it's a story that invites all of us to come and be part of it. It isn't something for you just to read or go once a year and kind of have a, a nice church moment where we have this encounter with God and our encounter with the gospel and then we just walk back to our old life. I am begging you, do not do that today. Don't walk back to it. Walk out of it and leave that thing dead and buried. Walking in the newness of life that only Jesus Christ offers. See, many of us are tied to another story. This is what the video was going to illustrate, but I'm just going to talk it out for you. See, there was another story, and it started almost 4,000 years ago, or plus, or whatever history tells us, I don't even know. And that story was of Adam and Eve. And Adam and Eve were hiding in the garden, making excuses for their sin, unable to cover up their shame. Sometimes that's my story. See, there's another story, a story of someone by the name of Jonah running from God, denying his calling, surrounded by the raging seas of life, on the run. Sometimes that's my story. See, there is another story of a prodigal son wasting what God had given him. Lost in his failures, too afraid to return home. Sometimes, sometimes that's my story. There's another story of a man named Peter. Unbelieving and full of fear and full of doubt. With his faith slowly sinking beneath the water. See, sometimes that's my story too. See, many of us have stories and those stories are full of hardship, they're full of pain, and they're full of this ugly little word that we call failure or hardship or difficulty. And this morning, I've got one job to do. And that's remind you that there is another story. And that story is the story of the resurrection. And that story swallows up every single thing else. But it doesn't just invite you to look at it as a spectator. It invites you to participate in this resurrection story and experience true 
and new life. And so today, you get to hang those old things up and be done, and be done once and for all. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to have a time of worship right now. If you want to bring that board out, worship team, come up on the stage. people here than we thought today so it's a little tighter than we thought at the front we're going to put it up on the stage great there are things that keep you from really living we call that your old story that's an old you but man, Satan would love for you to live that life and that narrative and be stuck in that chapter for the rest of your life. But there's another chapter, and that chapter has resurrection written all over it. It has new life written all over it, and that means you can be done with it once and for all. And so we're going to have a moment today, and I want you to think, what is the chapter in your life that you keep getting stuck on? What keeps you from fully living for Jesus? Experiencing the passionate life that's free, that's forgiven, that's whole. What keeps you from it? Some of you, it's pain. Some of you, it's a particular sin that you just keep getting stuck doing. Some of you, it's a, it's a pattern of thought. Some of you, it's something that you did. Some of you, maybe it's, it's an abortion. Maybe it's you tried to kill yourself. Maybe it's, it's pick your thing, some large thing that you just can't seem to shake anymore. Today's your day. For some of you, you just can't seem to get a grip on anger or lust. You can't seem to get your mind right thinking the right thoughts and you find yourself stuck. Today is your day. So here's what we're asking you to do. There's a lot of people here today. And as we sing this next song, I'm inviting you to get up out of your seat and to write that thing on this board. inviting you not to be afraid. You can be as specific as you want. You can be as descriptive as you want. You can write as little as you want. You don't even have to come up here if you don't want to. But I'm inviting you to come up, grab a piece of chalk, and put that thing on this board. Name it as we worship. And then we're going to have another moment of worship where we bring this thing into conclusion. I'm going to start you off so you can see what, what, what I'm going to be done with.
because as the pastor of this church, I'm not in any way above having things or finding myself getting stuck. And as a church planter, as a father of four, you know what chapter I'm letting go of right now? It's a fear of failing. And I'm just going to put it right here. done with that so now it's your turn you can make it bigger you can make it smaller but we're inviting you to participate in this moment of worship and write that thing on this board and then we're going to have a moment together worship team ready at any time impatience Fear of not being accepted. Laziness. A past that was full of sin. Abuse. Pain. Fear. Chronic depression. Embarrassment. Middle school drama. Fear of rejection. Fear of failure. Anxiety. Isolation. The list goes on this is what Easter does for us see Jesus Christ died on the cross he died for your sin he died for your pain he died for your bad habits your pain, your fear, your depression. He died for your abuse. He died for your disease. He died for that impatience. He died for all of the things and then some that are on this board and he replaces it with one thing and it's this, a clean slate. And every time that you see God and God sees you, he sees one thing and that is the perfect blood of Jesus spilled for you. He sees the perfect sacrifice of his son for you. You do not have to carry this anymore because you have a father in heaven who does not see you carrying it. He does not see it on you. He doesn't see your actions and your decisions and your sin. He sees the clean, righteous, white as snow. Jesus Christ, son of God.